The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7, episode 1405. Today, hear nothing, see nothing, say nothing. This is part of the Cantobite series of short stories. And this one probably illuminates way more than we've seen of The Last Jedi. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, I'm Taylor Gray from Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. So today we are talking about Hear Nothing, See Nothing, Say Nothing. This is the short story by Ray Carson in the Canto Bite collection of short stories that's part of the journey to the last Jedi. And this more than anyone so far, and obviously we haven't looked at John Jackson Miller's story just yet, but this one so far ties more to the Last Jedi Visual Dictionary and the elements contained therein so much more than any of the other stories that we've talked about so far. In particular, we have Lexo Suger, who is the best masseur on Canto Bite. And, you know, it's rather interesting how some of these people who are the best at their professions are really not actually doing very well financially. Whether it was him or Durla or Derma. Oh, gosh. Now I'm going to have to double check this. Durla. It's Durla. I had it right the first time. So Durla is this incredible liquor sales being. And... We have Lexo Suger in this short story, who is an incredible masseur, and yet both of them are, you know, not doing very well. And Lexo is living in a very small apartment, barely furnished at all. As far as Darla goes, when she goes to Canto Bite, she is renting a hotel room, not in one of the main hotel rooms, which are too expensive and out of her budget, but in something that at least won't make her feel shameful about her status in society and what she's doing. So she's kind of manage her finances pretty carefully. And so does Lexo, for that matter. You think these people would be better paid if they are at the top of their game, but I guess not so much somehow. Anyway, so Lexo, you just saw, and Lexo is going to run a foul of a gangster in Canto Bite, and we've seen that gangster as well. That would be Big Sturg Ganna. And we find out from Lexo's adopted daughter, Lula, that Sturg has tried to turn people into informants for him, but one of the stable hands in the Fathier's stalls was murdered, despite the fact that he was turning into an informant for Sturg. And so, yeah, that doesn't end well. And I guess Sturg has been trying to get Lexo to be an informant as well, because people just rattle off whatever while they're getting massaged by him. So, eh, yeah, that's not going to go very well. And unfortunately, Sturg presses the issue, and I should say this before we continue further. This is a full spoiler podcast, so if you haven't read or listened to the audiobook version of the story and you don't want it spoiled for you, then hey, save this episode for a later date. But if you're okay with me continuing, then we will continue. So Sturg has Lula kidnapped, and that's so that... Unfortunately, Lexo has to do his bidding, Sturg's bidding, in order to make sure that Lula stays safe. 
Now, Sturg is doing this because he's trying to make a play for greater power in the underworld of Canto Bight. And yeah, he may have picked on the wrong guy because even though Lexo has gone on to his hear nothing, say nothing, see nothing, or see nothing, say nothing motto of life, the reason why is because he's trying to leave a life behind. He used to be in the slave pits on a planet, and he was a medical guy there because he has excretions that come out of his fingertips, pheromones and whatnot that can actually be helpful or harmful to various beings. And he actually used to be corrupt in those slave pits and get paid off to either boost people up or tear people down, chemically speaking. And he's tried to leave that behind. He's actually killed people as well, but this time it's personal. And so he sets out to figure out how to deal with Sturg once and for all. And in the process of all of this, he's going to encounter a number of other characters that we've seen depicted in the last Jedi Visual Dictionary and have actually appeared on screen in The Last Jedi, even if briefly including Neeper's panpick scene here, who is a private investigator, as it turns out, and also the Countess of Canto Bight, who has a much longer and formal title, Contessa, blah, 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 which we'll spare you with. And it's actually the Countess that ends up getting Lexo where he needs to be to rescue Lula by trading another favor, and that favor is to assassinate somebody who is being very loud about selling weapons to both the Resistance and the First Order. I guess it's gauche, as it says in the short story, to be so open about selling weapons and about double dealing on the weapon sales to both sides of the war. So that in itself is kind of interesting, of course, because we get a little bit of the taste of the broader galactic conflict. The fact that this person is selling weapons to the Resistance, and when the First Order finds out about it, they actually put an order in because they can't possibly find themselves outgunned and overmatched by whatever the Resistance has in terms of supplies and weapons and ammunition and whatnot. And the assassination takes place on a boat, the Undisputed Victor, and you actually saw that in The Last Jedi, as well as its captain, Baron Yasto Atzman, and he seen here talking to Ubiala. That would be the Ubiala who owned the gin joint that we talked about yesterday, and apparently this Sturgano wants to put Ubiala out of business and presumably take over some of it for himself, if not all of it for that matter. And Lexo manages to pull it off, and when he does, he gets the information he needs to find and rescue Lula, which he does in Sturg's lair, but unfortunately, they get caught. Not before they happen to find a data pad in his personal library that has details about all the things that he's trying to do in Canto Bight. He said that there's a war coming and that it's going to be invisible for the most part, but that blood will be shed, and that's because he is trying to engineer some crazy takeover. Apparently, he was behind helping to finance the weapon sales this this guy was doing that just got assassinated. He's also trying to put it, we all out of business, like I mentioned, and he's also apparently trying to push through legislation to have the Cantobite police people replaced with droid speeders that he's going to be the one supplying, so he's just trying to make a mint out of Canto Bite. And incidentally, he is referred to as Counselor from time to time, and so that suggests that he is the person who was after that bottle of rare wine that was talked about in The Wine and Dreams that we discussed in yesterday's episode as well. But thanks to a quick-thinking 13-year-old, his adopted daughter Lula, who doesn't just take the data pad but sends it off in a secure data burst while they can to the private 
private investigator. Now they have leverage when they get caught. So instead of being put to death, they are able to make a deal with Sturg where Lexo doesn't have to massage him anymore. And it's a pain in the butt to massage this guy. Believe me. I mean, you've seen the photos. Not only that, but there are all sorts of other concessions they draw out from Sturg. And it includes five years of father lessons from Lula because Lula really feels like she has a tremendous connection with the fathers and her ultimate desire is to be a father jockey now you know when you find out about you know the stuff in the last jedi about how badly the fathers are treated you're kind of like oh you know well, hopefully she'll be much nicer than everybody else is as a jockey to the fathers and speaking of, you also get to meet Bargwill Ponder, which is the disgusting father stable chief, whatever his name is, the guy who's that at the stables, the one that's whipping the fathers and whipping the kids and all that. And bizarrely, he seems to have at least partly a heart of gold because when he is paid to mess with the fathers, some of the money that he gets, he says, I'm going to spend it on a, you know, on gloves for the kids, like new gloves for the kids. And he's doing this while he's under some sort of truth pheromone chemical that's being applied by Lexo. So, you know, it's actually the real deal. Anyway, the story ends with a scene where Lexo is getting to massage somebody else. And there are these two little massage assistants who are now going to be the only ones massaging Sturg from now on. And, oh, he's very happy now, Lexo is, because he doesn't have to do this massage work anymore. And if you watch the deleted scenes for The Last Jedi, you'll see this moment here just before Rose and Finn come crashing through the glass ceiling on their father. And this looks like... It could be happening just before that that scene in the novel, or I should say the novel or the short story. Wow, I'm going to get real tied up on that. The scene at the end of the short story where Lexo's massaging somebody else and those two little beings are crawling all over Sturg, that could be happening right before Rose and Finn's father crashes through the glass ceiling into Sword's bathhouse and spa in the short story and in the deleted scenes from The Last Jedi. All right, I think I've tied my tongue in knots enough for one day. That's going to do it for the story summary of hear nothing, see nothing, say nothing. I can say it. And I'm going to do Last Jedi trivia after the break with you. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. May the 4th is Star Wars Day, and it's also the date of our 1400th episode. So to celebrate all during the month of May, you can get the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book for just $7.77. That's whether you pay in dollars, pounds, or euros, just $7.77 at sw7x7.com slash TFA for the U.S. version of Amazon, or just search for the unofficial Force Awakens trivia book on any European version of Amazon. Welcome back. All right, so yesterday I asked you who is the person who spoke that first line of dialogue in the movie, and it's a resistance evacuation officer. That's all that we're given about it. And today's question for you, give me the whole line of dialogue, he says. And that is going to do it for the podcast today. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you test out your new robot hand, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'll be able to do even more with the show for you with your support at Patreon.com SW7x7. It's not the Rebel Fleet, it's Destiny Unleashed.
This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.